Hello, and welcome to Minta Dialogue, episode number 109. This interview is with Hank Summy, President of North America of MRM McCann's Global Commerce Practice. In this conversation, we talk about how brands are evolving their digital marketing and mobile strategies, the challenges that brands and upper management face in creating effective digital strategies and campaigns, as well as the evolving role of social media. A great conversation. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Minta Dialogue Internet Show, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minter Dial, author of TheMindset.com, that's T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T, where branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes on the blog for the upcoming interview. Let's cut to the quick. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Minter Dialogue. Today, piped in from across the Atlantic, but coming from my old hometown, Philadelphia, I have Hank Summy. So, Hank, welcome to the show. Tell us who you are, what you do, and what is your mindset? Hi, thank you. Uh, my name is Hank Summy. I'm president of North America and uh, Global Commerce Practice here at MRM McCann. Um, and my mindset is generally um, to try and think about how to inter- uh, interact with brands on a virtual or digital uh, platform. So what technology's role in that brand's uh, promise and commitment in the marketplace and what's the experience or the set of expectations that that brand uh, is trying to communicate virtually or digitally uh, in the uh, you know in the ecosystem in which it lives? All right. So MRM, the R stands for relationship. Is that something that really is something you promote a lot within the positioning of the brand of your agency? Uh, yeah, and you know, there's some legacy to that as well. Um, you know, from the days when the relationship was, you know, in a non-digital, non-virtual, uh, um, you know, fashion. But today, obviously, relationship is a highly um, engaging, synchronous, uh, you know, hopefully immersive experience, you know, through some digital channel. When you're when you're talking with clients, uh, you, how do you position yourself differently from the competition? How do you find you? How do you put? How, what are your competitive advantages, if you will, of MRM? How do you put? How do you put that out? So right now, I'll give you an example of a client that we're hopefully going to engage, um, and they asked me the exact same question um, as we were going through the the pitch process with them, and they're a CPG company, Um, and the the way that I describe it is is that the thing that makes us unique is that we have the ability to understand the brand and the brand promise that exists between the people that the brand is trying to interact with or interacting with. Um, and the offering or the product or service that that brand actually represents for them. And spending a lot of time trying to unearth the expectations that that person or that group of people, and I specifically use people um, and that word, um, uh, you know, not by uh, just happenstance, but because we try and interact with people, those people could be providers of, you know, medical services. They could be uh, companies. It could be consumers or, or you know, um, you know, uh, in a B2C world. Um, but in, if you look at what really makes that person unique that you're interacting with, you can then understand the expectations that that person has with what they expect from your brand um, or that product or service. And what we do is understand that aspect and then use all of the technology um, that exists in the marketplace to really create an immersive, engaging experience for them. Uh, based on that brand promise. Um, Whereas a lot of other agencies, especially in the digital world, have a tendency to be technology first, 
versus brand or experience first. Mm -hmm. And we look at it at a slightly different way from, if you will, that left side coming towards the middle versus the right side from a technology uh, space. Mm. Well, so uh, listening to you, I have on the one, I have, I have three circles I'm thinking of. The first is the, uh, the digital side. The second is the understanding and the insights and the data with regard to the customer, whoever that is. And the third is the brand. And, and I was just wondering, because, I mean, in my world, I, I think that uh, the, you, you know, the question is to what extent you can actually play with the brand with the customer. And I, the sub, I guess, where I wanted to go with that is to the extent that the brand is de facto authentic and strong and beautiful, then anything you do kind of, re- you know, well, you have to pay attention to it, but there's a lot more meaningfulness to the type of messaging that you can create as an agency. How important for you is it to have a strong brand that resonates? I mean, can you can you talk through how the challenging it can be if you have a, va- a brand, for example, that's rather vapid or empty, doesn't have a lot of meaningfulness or, or strong values behind it? Can you talk through that? Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting uh, perspective, and certainly you're seeing some you know brands that are struggling in the marketplace because of the technology disruption that exists. Um, you know, I mean, the most classic example that we always use when we, you know, think of these things are the, you know, the liberation of knowledge that the internet has caused um, and what's happened to, you know, companies that used to be in the knowledge management or, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, the process of providing all that knowledge, the most famous one, the Encyclopedia Britannica, right? Mm-hmm. But that, that exists in many other cases, you know, so if you think about, for instance, weight loss, um, you know, where you have a lot of well-known brands that are focused on weight loss that, you know, spend a tremendous amount of marketing dollars. And then, you know, you have free apps out on the Internet that do significantly, you know, the, provide yeah, exactly the same promise that those brands are providing. You know, what do you do there? And in some cases, there's very little that you can do for mm-hmm. those. You know, so your question is incredibly, you know, poignant. Um, technology disruption may make some brands irrelevant, and there's not going to be some things. That there's in some of those cases, there's just not going to be, you know, strategies or um, you know techniques that you can employ to to, to repurpose them. Uh, so they've got to reinvent themselves in that case. Yeah, I, 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 it's it's troublesome because you know if your brief is make me a great digital campaign. Wait a second, <laughs> your brand needs help. Yeah, uh, it, you know it becomes quite right. So. When I look at these companies, I see them say, well, I want to do an uh, immersive, great campaign for my new product launch. We need to have Facebook. We need to have a TV ad. We need to have a print campaign. So all these things. And the challenge is, as an agency, that it's difficult to be experts in each of these areas, whether it's SEO, whether it's um, you know, video plus print plus TV. How do you see that? working together. So sometimes you have to outsource or do you, or do you always try to find it within the house? How do you work through that? Yeah. So I think there's two parts to that question. Um, the first one is ask yourself why, you know, when you, when you start thinking about, you know, I want to advertise in Facebook, I want to, you know, have a Twitter, you know, campaign, I want to have, you know, broadcast, I want, you know, I want to be, you know, omni-channel, if you will, you know, well, why, what's the value proposition to the people that you're trying to reach in those, you know, uh, channels mm-hmm. and only you know be in the place where it makes sense mm-hmm. for the people that are trying to interact with your brand or that you want to interact with your brand. So the first thing is to ask a lot of whys. You know, so I think you can usually 
you know, get through a lot of that conversation with, you know, fairly quickly with why and what's the value proposition. And in a lot of cases, you can create the value proposition. But Mm -hmm. the second part to your question is, you know, how do we handle that? Because you can't be masters of the universe and understand every single thing that that you need to do today. Um, You know, that is the vision of an integrated network like MRM McCann has. So we have, you know, experts in experiential uh, design, you know, and and marketing that way through our our partners with Momentum, you know, that are part of World Group. We have, uh, you know, public relations and crisis management on social, you know, through Weber Shanwick. And we have, you know, fantastically deep um, brand strategist and creative for, you know, print and out of home and broadcast with McCann. And then you marry that with, you know, the digital um, experience design and um, customer journey work that we can do here at MRM McCann. And you have a pretty robust, uh, not a pretty, but a very robust uh, solution where you have the right experts at the right place. And we play together because it's a, you know, common uh, best interest for everybody there versus the client trying to hobble that that combination together on their own. So whether it's it's consultants like McKinsey or KPMG, they, they bring in their pool of experts to craft the full package when they go in to consult with companies. The challenge really is in the orchestration of this. And what I've seen in some other agencies is that that actually is the challenge. You, they may have the experts, they may have the great creative director, but the creative director has a perspective, and that perspective may not jive with what, what's needed in the SEO space or the, the YouTube video space or whatever that needs to happen. So th- how, how do you manage that? Because that seems to me the big challenge, whether it's from the brand managing all the different players or the agency that's managing all the different you know, parts of your company. Right. I think it's a... Uh a well-constructed uh, uh, problem statement there. You know, that is the interesting dilemma that exists in the marketplace today. As these disruptive technologies emerge, who's best equipped to project manage or program manage that entire, you know, ecosystem of, of capabilities and expertise that is needed to derive that? Um, so what we do specifically is look at the nature of the brand. So is the brand, you know, and in some cases it kind of lends itself well um, to understanding that, that brand. Is the brand more natively digitally oriented? That may suggest then who the you know, overall overarching program manager should be. Mm-hmm. In that case, it would, it would most likely in the scenario that I you know, was describing, it would be somebody from MRM McCann that would lead that. There's some brands that I believe you're very familiar with um, in the beauty business that are you know, more inherently... Yeah, broadcast and you know, uh, in store and and out of home oriented, and that in that case, you'd probably want the program management for that overarching uh, campaign, you know, and all the channels that it's going to exist in, to be from the brand creative agency. Um, so I think that a lot of times it lends itself well to the kinds of you know um, brand location, if you will, or or you know where they've mm-hmm. grown up and where they've existed from. Now. Where it gets really interesting and complex is where you're trying to transform that brand. And that's one of the things that MRM McCann does extremely well is that brand transformation. So taking a brand that's been around for 100 years or more um, and figure out how to retool them. And that also lends itself to who the the overall program manager should be, Um, especially when you think of some of the government brands that we work on. um, You know, the transformation for those folks is, um, you know, 
nothing short of, of you know, <laughs> revolutionary. <laughs> exactly, revolutionary. You know, so uh, you know that has been you know a case where we then come in in that network um, and really take a heavy hand in, in helping them transform themselves from what has historically been in many cases a brick and mortar experience mm. uh, that the the people that they've been interacting with have had with them into you know in some cases. Uh, almost an, an exclusive digital uh, experience that they now have uh, from their interaction to achieve the the, the business result that they're looking to achieve. So, can you tell us how it is you go about that? Let's say I'm a I'm a re, you know fairly analog or brick and mortar traditional business. How, how do, what what is the approach you go in? I'm, I'm going to guess there's a little bit of why going in there, but <laughs> how do you, how do you configure that discussion? And and most importantly. Who needs to be involved with you at that beginning stage? And when you say who needs to from the client's organization. That, that's from the yeah. client, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, so I think the first thing that, you know, and it's a fairly straightforward tool, and I don't want to say that everybody can do these that kinds of things. I think that we do them extremely uh, well. But, you know, you start off with the customer and emotional journey. So who is the person that we're trying to reach now with, you know, our, our product, our service, and the promise that our brand has. And we spend a tremendous amount of time uh, looking at that before we embark on, and that's the, the answers, the, the why questions. Okay, so are they living in a you know Facebook-heavy uh, uh, ecosystem? Are they living in Twitter? Are they living you know in uh, you know TV uh, you know uh, space? Are they living in you know out of home? What are they doing as they're interacting with your brand? You know what are they thinking, doing, and using as they're interacting with your product or service? And we map that out, and then we create the moments that matter through that experiential journey uh, and that that customer life cycle um, that drive awareness of our product, drive you know um, closure of you know using our product and purchasing our product, and then learning how they've used it um, to feed back into that demand side. Uh, All right. So when when let's say you've gone through and you've created a few profiles and and created these like, these journeys that you want, uh, how how does the prioritization go down? Or do you talk us through, you know, you got this great perfect journey, but we can't do everything. So how do you end up whittling it down to the most practical next steps? Yeah. And I think, you know, you highlighted um, three, you know, kind of um, Venn diagram uh, universe, <laughs> tech, brand, and data. Okay. And we haven't spent much time on the data side, but that's where then you get into the performance measurement of that journey and understanding where we think the greatest area of impact will be, um, either from, you know, a, a business result perspective uh, in that journey for the brand or, you know, a, a lot of times we look at what the greatest impact uh, that we can have with the consumer uh, or the, you know, the person that we're trying to reach. So is it at the moment of the provider, the doctor, um, you know, when they're going to write that script? Um, you know, that you have some, you know, e-detailing kind of, you know, tablet in front of them so that, you know, they understand the specific efficacies of that drug um, at that moment. You know, so that journey is they needed to have that and you needed to be top of mind for them so that they wrote your drug versus the next drug. Mm -hmm. And how do you get yourself there? So then if that's the thing that we think is the biggest impact uh, moment, we'll, you know, spend the the scarce you know, or the resources the, exactly resources to develop that e-detailing tablet app for that that particular drug or that particular um, you know use case for the uh, for the doc. Mm. 
It, it, so data informs that for us, you know, because we can we can test and learn, and, and that's one of the greatest things about you know the digital world. It's fairly inexpensive to do that today. Right. We can throw it away. Versus remember how we used to do studies. Uh, <laughs> finger in the finger in the air. <laughs> Um, Hank, when you, when um, you were dealing, I mean, it's such a moving space. So it's really cool to speak to someone like you, who's so close to so many clients who are in this, you know, are coming out with the request. I'm wondering, how, is there any way you can define how the client requests have been evolving recently? Give us a feel for where things are are shifting. Yeah. So we, first of all. <laughs> it's a lot more nebulous today. You know, the request comes in and it's less of a crystal clear brief, you know, for an agency than it used to be. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, so the first thing is, you know, ambiguity is kind of high because the, the client in many times is looking for that consultative advice around, you know, the, the point that you made earlier around prioritization of scarce resources. Where are we going to get the biggest bang for the buck that we're going to spend? Um, you know, so they purposely leave it vague so that it's now kind of on your shoulders as the, the partner with them to help them sort through that. But if you think about performance, technology, and uh, marketing, uh, you know, and you look at those three lanes, what are we going to do from a performance and analytics standpoint? What are we going to do from a technology standpoint? And what are we going to do from a marketing standpoint? Uh, you know, you can kind of start to crystallize the, the, the um, initiatives that you would create. So we, we may have to start with performance and analytics to understand that customer journey, the expectations that they have. We may then, you know, start to define the technology that we're going to use. And then we can look at the marketing solution or the campaigns that we're going to, you know, create to drive demand awareness and loyalty with that, uh, you know, uh, people uh, community that we're reaching out to. Mm. Obviously, uh, the mobile is is becoming a, a bigger and bigger piece of of everything, at least from a consumer standpoint. How do you define what's going on in in mark in mobile marketing, or at least the mobile communications? How should we call it? <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's another interesting area that there's a lot of confusion around. Um, <laughs> the, one of the things that we you know, kind of create as a test. Is it a download download uh, once and use very infrequently opportunity? Or is it a, a download once and, you know, consistently interact with? So if there's not a lot of interaction, <clears throat> excuse me, let's not create a lot of apps. You know, with today's uh, liquid uh, responsive design in HTML5 and every, you know, um, robust uh, content management uh, package out there like Adobe or OpenText or Sitecore, whomever you want to use, mm -hmm. um, you know, you can create immensely immersive experiences that scale from a big screen to the mobile device to the tablet that you have. And, you know, I think it's, it's really critical for agencies like ourselves to help guide our clients through that uh, ecosystem. So what are you going to do that's going to create the demand for a consumer or a person to actually download an app and continuously need something from your brand, from your service, from your product that you're offering that's going to make the app experience worthwhile for them? So really differentiate the experience again between these two. Mm -hmm. Because in many cases, they think app because, you know, that's been, you know, kind of hyped up, but there's not a lot of value in the app. 
Mm. Uh, so create a you know a much more robust um, experience and create it in such a way that it scales uh, you know responsibly to any 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 screen uh, that's on the planet. It brings me to the point of uh, distribution. So whether you're doing an app for one time or uh, a, an app that's got a great utility and, and more reusable, you've got to find it. And and so it's similar. Like, so you make all great content, you do a great video, but then nobody comes to see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that sounds like media buying, but it's not exact. I mean, what's going on in that space? Yeah, and I think there what it is is, you know, now you're relying on social a tremendous amount more than you ever had uh, in the past because that's where everybody's talking about the latest app that has the most utility uh, for their, their daily interactions, you know. So I think in those cases you want to be on, you know, quite honestly, podcasts like yours, you know, with technology and with, you know, social uh, interactions with people so that they hear about these things. And, and that's the space I think that's a lot more interesting for you to live in versus, uh, you know, media by uh, program, you know, <laughs> it's a little less uh, intuitive to me to understand how an out of home display is going to, uh, you know, drive um, adoption of the, you know, Uber yeah. Rush app or something right. like that. Some QR code on out of home, you're driving by at 50 miles an hour. <laughs> Good luck. Exactly. Um, so, Hank, the last area I wanted to talk about you were talk with um, with you about was uh, getting digital to be successful in these large organizations. What are the kinds of keys that you think if you if I, if I were uh, you know head of a company, what kind of advice would you give to me in 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 saying, well, you know, mentor, um, I know you you really want to drive the business and you want to upgrade your digital, but um, you you need to do this. What are some of the things that you would tell me uh, in order to get my digitality and my the success of my digital initiatives up? Yeah, we have this um, strategy called Brand to Cart, which addresses this exact uh, notion. And the the most critical component in that is your organizational structure, quite honestly. And it's it's consulting at a level around harmonizing. Uh, expenditures, you know, so budgets, you know, the CMO has a budget, you know, of X million dollars that is, um, you know, expensed and, and um, spent every year. The CIO has a budget of X million dollars that's, you know, CapEx that's amortized over, you know, a number of years. And those budgets, you know, for instance, you know, so and we're talking specifically about this, you know, convergence, convergence of marketing and technology. Those two, you know, OPEX, CAPEX expense uh, procedures get in the way, you know, and maybe we should spend a few million less on the OPEX marketing budget and put that into the CIO's, you know, CAPEX budget so that they can afford to, you know, build a little bit more technology enablement. Uh, and that would create a tremendous, more, a tremendous amount more of business results for them in sales. Mm. Um, and that's that's just one area. The other area is around you know uh, focus um, and uh, you know the, the kind of marketing calendar. So if you're in you know your uh, beauty uh, retail um, business, uh, you have a tremendous amount of seasonality. Well, does that seasonality match up to the CIO's build release schedule from a technology perspective? You know, and are you able to get the kind of you know, harmonization between the campaigns that you're spending a tremendous amount of dollars around, you know, in paid media, uh, you know, to get people's attention uh, with, 
um, harmonized with the, the uh, brand experience that's then going to be enabled through the technology department's use of your website or your e-commerce platform or your um, you know, mobile app. Uh, so all those things kind of coming together and working you know, um, behind the scenes from an organizational perspective are incredibly incredibly important um, critical success factors in the organization. Very, and, and, you know, it's, it's less about almost, you know, and, and this will come off like, you know, heresy, the, the big, huge creative idea, because you may have a big, huge creative idea, but your organization can't embrace that, you know, ubiquitously across all the channels that your customers are trying to interact with you around. To say nothing of the resonance of that whatever beautiful creative message uh, with regard to the brand and the de facto feelings and values within the company. Right. Very true. <laughs> Yikes. Sure. But it goes back to what, you're, what we were talking about before, which is, so who needs to be in the room when they're doing a brief? Because in the, end, you know, in the old days, it was like the, 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 head, the marketing director would come and give the brief with his or her minions. And... and uh, it seems to me that that pool of people needs to be highly different, especially if you need to have the CIO involved. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's very true. So you need the, the, the technology leadership, you know, from a deployment standpoint and a build uh, standpoint. Um, you need the marketing, you know, uh, uh, folks in there from, you know, a brand uh, experience standpoint. And you need the, the folks in your organization that are the, you know, the quant guys, the, the analytics guys, the performance guys that are going to, you know, tell us what's working and what's not working. And hopefully, you know, I mean, people have talked about this stuff, fail, you know, forward and, and fail fast and those kinds of techniques. But, you know, there's a lot of truth to that where we can do those kinds of things today. And, and without having those three constituents in, in that room, you won't know if you're failing, quite honestly, and you won't know if what you're building is, or if what you're designing is, is able to be built. I'm so a big, I, totally, and I'm a big fan of bringing HR into that room, if you can believe it or not. So they get a, a feeling for the types of personalities they need to hire in terms of uh, marketing profiles and so on. So, Hank, um, since time is uh, one of our scarce resources, um, the the last question I had for you, in and sort of. You know, just uh, it regards the CEO on social. To what extent do you believe, would you recommend a, a member or the CEO, a member of the C-suite or the CEO should or could be on social themselves? How do you think, how do, how do you think that, how important do you think that is? It's hmm. an interesting question. I haven't thought through that much, but I can tell you, you know, some of the work that we do for some of our fast uh, you know, dining experiences and casual dining experience uh, clients, uh, the CEO is intimately involved in that. And in fact, in one of their you know, comments that they uh, made uh, quite publicly um, announced that that aspect of their business, the social um, media uh, interaction that they have and the experience that they've created has led to the, um, the, the um, in-store uh, sales increase for them. Uh, so in that case, the CEO is intimately aware of that and wants to be involved in, in the actual community management that's going on from a social perspective with their brand. Um, you know, so I, I guess it would, you know, be as the old, you know, you're going to get this a lot, um, saying would go, it depends on the brand. Right. At the same time, it depends on the person. Uh, because uh, yeah, I, you know, if you think about UX and uh, mobile experience, and you go into a team and the CEO is there or the, at least the, the senior suite person is there and we're going to talk about investing in some UX. 
and they look at it and oh that looks really neat except they they're not at all aware of i don't know zeit and flipboard or mm. or other sites and so they're operating in a vacuum and unless you are operating on it and feeling what it's like to be interrupted by some rude message in my facebook stream or an sms that pops up while i'm calling my you know my wife or whatever that well gosh you're not going to be making decisions that are customer friendly that's right. And, and, you know, what some other organizations have done at the CEO's um, mandate has created these, you know, MTOs or marketing technology offices. Um, so they're either organizational structures that are, that are groups or they're individuals that the um, CEO has appointed that is at that C-suite level that's responsible for that. To your point, you know, some CEOs, they just may not have the frame of reference to make great decisions there. It, it, you know, again, I'm not trying to disparage any of the fantastic CEO minds that are out there, but, you know, you can't be all things to all people. So mm-hmm. therefore, the, what they've done in those, you know, organizational structures is created the opportunity to go out and find folks that are, um, you know, very capable and understand, you know, user experience design and social media interactions and things like that so that they can create that bridge between these disparate groups within their organizations. You know, the, the technology you know, side of the house, the marketing side of the house, and the performance side of the house, for sure. Um, and not the least of which, in many of these organizations, there's a whole, there are a whole call center group of people and a whole in-store group of people that you know, think and work and do things very differently that need to be harmonized across that, uh, that omni-channel experience as well. So, Hank, um, just the, the last question for you is, we're talking mobile, we're talking social, digital. What are your, who are your sources, the inside track to Hank Summy's mind uh, when it comes to knowing what's going on in digital or, or anywhere like this? Well, you know, one of the interesting things is, you know, you're as good as the company that you keep. And, you know, the team of folks that I have working with me are fantastic. So one of the things that I get, and probably most people aren't as fortunate to have this is, you know, I have a great PR team that gives me insights on a daily basis on, you know, what's going on and the kinds of things that we should be uh, looking at. So it's varied all over the place, but I can tell you some, you know, kind of common standards that, that always seem to produce some interesting uh, content. And you'll probably think they're fairly boring, but, uh, you know, the Financial Times, The Economist, Fast Company, Wired, you know, those kinds of sources seem to, you know, get at least, you know, pretty robust um, editorial, you know, pieces out. Yeah, I mean, about what, what, three or four years ago, if you said to me Financial Times and Economist, I'd be saying you're barking mad. <laughs> but it's a time, it's a proof of the times that a mass media has, is doing a lot to catch up. I mean, of course, Fast and Wired are sort of on that track. But if the F, I think the FT and the Economist are definitely, they've really upped their game. I mean, even like the, the edit, you know, the digital editors of, or Stephen Levy, uh, digital editors at, at New York Times. There's lots of good people now, smart minds thinking about the stuff. Yeah, and it gives you a broad global perspective as well, too. You know, which is very important to you know our understanding of the marketplace. Certainly at MRM McCann. Yeah, well, and actually, it also helps you understand the CEO you're going to go visit and know what's on their top of mind. You might that's that's always useful too, right? That's great. That's to, exactly right. To know their context. Hank, how can, and what's the best way for people to, to follow you or connect with you? What would, be, would, what would you prefer? Uh, go on mrmmccann.com and you'll you know, be able to follow the, the company. Uh, my contact information is on there. Uh, you know, and you can uh, grab our Twitter, Facebook, 
uh, you know, social extensions off that site as well. All right. Well, I'll put all those in the show notes. Hank, great to hook up with uh, a fellow Philadelphia. Well, I mean, I'm not exactly a Philadelphian, but you know, uh, I feel it that way if I'm American. And uh, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. And I look forward to staying in touch. Absolutely. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minter Dialogue Internet Show. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com, where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter at forward slash subscribe. If you like the show, please rate it in iTunes, and don't forget to click the handy Facebook like button or to tweet it out. In the meantime, please come join the conversation at The Mindset, or catch me on Twitter at M-D-I-A-L. Happy trails. My name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.